The Eagles are once again starting the season 4-0, just like they started last season. But this season's 4-0 doesn't feel quite the same as last season's 4-0. Welcome to the Bird's Nest Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for joining us on this game day evening after the Eagles came away in a nail-biting victory over a division rival, the Washington Commanders, pulling out a score of 34-31 to in overtime at home. And really, at the end of the day, this was a game that left a lot to be desired. First off, I'm going to say this very, very clearly up front. A win is a win is a win, and the Eagles are 4-0. and And the last time that a team who lost the Super Bowl the season prior started 4-0 was the 1998 Green Bay Packers. They started 4-0 before losing to the Minnesota Vikings in Week 5. And this is something to celebrate. This is something to feel really good about. And yet, something about this start doesn't. Something about this start shows that there's a lot to be desired. And... Facing off against the Commanders is certainly one of those situations, and having to defeat them in overtime really makes you question what is going on here, and why do the Eagles constantly, constantly have this kind of of on-the-edge-of-your-seat kind of situation. Now, I will say this. It's a division rival. Division rivalries are always going to have elevated stakes. They're always going to be much more competitive. Division rivalries are always going to cause problems. But at the same time, this just wasn't a convincing win. When you look at it, especially when you look at the start that the Eagles had in this particular game, it makes a lot of sense. The Philadelphia Eagles went into halftime down to the Washington Commanders, 17-10. It was not pretty, and the only reason why the Eagles were down 17-10 was because of a field goal that occurred at the very end of the first half. That end-of-first-half field goal by Jake Elliott actually did wind up being a momentum changer, and the Eagles came out in the second half playing a much, much, much more dominant game than they did during the first half. In the first half, the Eagles were not great when it came to things like time of possession. The Eagles only had the ball for 12 minutes and 43 seconds compared to the Commanders' 17 minutes and 17 seconds. The Eagles only had eight first downs when you subtract one of them from penalty. It was two first downs by rushing and five first downs by passing compared to the Commanders' 14, almost doubling us. Admittedly, again, three of those came from penalty, but that's still a significant number, significantly ahead of the Eagles there. The Eagles had total net yards 138 in the first half compared to the Commanders almost 200 by the time the first half was over. During that first half, Jalen Hurst was 12 for 16 for 116 yards. He was sacked twice, resulted in a loss of five. He had a quarterback rating of 94.8 through the first half. Sam Howell on the other side, he was 13 for 17, 161 yards. Defensively, the Eagles were able to get a sack on Sam Howell. The sack coming through the hands of Nicholas Morrow, that was a loss of 8 yards. 
but the Eagles were not, in general, really able to get to Howell at all during the first half. There was one quarterback hit. There were some pressures, but at the end of the day, it was a very, very porous offensive line going into this game, and the first half defensively would have expected a dominant front four in the Eagles' defensive line to really have a much more significant impact. But the commanders were really able to really remove the threats that were posed by guys like Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter. Again, the only sack came from Nicholas Morrow, who one of our linebackers. And the Eagles had committed six penalties for 30 yards compared to the commanders two for 20. That's all during the first half. The Eagles were one for one in the red zone compared to the commanders two for three. But at the end of the day, the Eagles collectively left a lot to be desired in that first half. But then, when Jake Elliott scores the field goal, the momentum shifts, and the Eagles are able to ride that into the second half. And the second half was pretty much all Eagles. The Eagles outscored the Commanders by a touchdown in that second half. The Eagles were heavily reliant on Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott was perfect during the game. He was 4-for-4 four four at the end of the day, including that first half field goal that kind of started the momentum shift. Eagles got the ball to start the second half, and he was able to nail another 47-yarder as well as a 36-yarder before the game-ending 54-yard field goal that came in overtime. We'll come to that in a minute. In that second half, Hertz was significantly better. Hertz did go 9 for 15, so completion wasn't as good, but he was able to throw for 174 yards as well as two touchdowns, including a 59-yarder that came towards the end of the game. His passer rating was 140 in the second half alone. Sam Howell, 15 for 22, 124 yards. He was sacked three times in the second half, cumulative loss of 19 yards. He did have one touchdown, one passing touchdown that came just as time expired and the game went into overtime. So the second half was significantly more dominated by the Eagles. And that was also present in the rushing game. DeAndre Swift was very present in the rushing game early, getting the ball six times in the first half, but he was only able to get 20 yards out of that. Jalen Hurts ran three times for seven yards. In the second half, DeAndre Swift ran seven times for 32 yards, and the Eagles also got Kenny Gainwell into the mix. He ran four times for 14 yards only in the second half. Jalen Hurts ran an additional four times for 26 yards in the second half. So the rushing game kind of started to pick up a little bit more. The commanders did do a decent enough job of isolating that out, and that was something to be expected. The commander's defensive line, compared to their offensive line, is leaps and bounds better. Now, it's not our defensive line, and honestly, it's not our offensive line for that matter. But the commanders, they have a really, really good defensive line. It's one of their strong points. And it's one of the reasons why the Eagles weren't really able to get as much on the ground as they would like. DeAndre Swift last week had his second 130-plus yard rushing game. He did not have a 130-plus yard rushing game tonight. Barely crossed the 50-yard threshold. And credit to the Commanders because they were able to isolate out a particularly big threat collectively over the entire game with the three rushers, DeAndre Swift, who cumulatively ran 14 times for 56 yards, Jalen Hurts, who ran 9 times cumulatively for 34 yards, and Kenny Gainwell, who cumulatively ran 4 times for 14 yards. The Eagles were only able to get 104 rushing yards when you do the math out. 
Now, DeAndre Swift does have the Eagles' only rushing touchdown, so that's a big point. That came in the first half. In the receiving game, top target was A.J. Brown. He was targeted 13 times. He had nine catches for 175 yards, including two touchdown catches. So numbers-wise, these aren't bad numbers but that the Eagles are putting up, but they're not good numbers either. There's much more to be desired from this team, and this was definitely not their best performance. Now again, a win is a win is a win, and it's really, really good that the Eagles were able to get everything going ultimately at the end of it, but towards the end of the game, there were some questionable things that occurred, accepting the illegal formation penalty that occurred late in the game before the Eagles' final drive, which wound up leading to giving the Commanders another opportunity and a fresh set of downs deep in Eagles' territory. If the Eagles had not accepted that penalty, it would have been fourth down from the Eagles' 31-yard line. The play that got a lot of people talking, and even during the broadcast, was a standout play. It occurred with about a minute and 45 seconds left to play in the game. Jalen Hurts throws a bomb to A.J. Brown, who catches that, and it's a touchdown pass. In any other situation, it's a highlight reel play. It's a play that Eagles fans get excited about. Even if it was a play that occurred even a little bit later in the game, that was a play that fans would have gotten excited about, but the Commanders still had a significant amount of time left on the clock, and they had one timeout. So the Commanders had time. Following that reception, A.J. Brown was called for taunting, which you can make an argument about whether or not it was taunting. Bottom line is A.J. Brown should not be putting himself in a position, especially that late in the game, where he could be called for taunting with the team only up by a single touchdown. So with that taunting penalty, what it did was it basically forced the commanders to return the football because it was enforced on the subsequent kickoff. Jake Elliott kicked the ball 73 yards from the Eagles' 20-yard line to the Washington 7-yard line, and the commanders have a really dangerous kick returner in Antonio Gibson who was able to return that football almost 30 yards. He fielded it at the Washington 7-yard line, and he was officially ruled down at the Washington 36-yard line. The game was littered with stupid mistakes across the board. The Eagles had 11 penalties on the night, which was absolutely insane for a team that is in Week 4. And those 11 penalties cost the Eagles 81 yards over the course of the game. Fortunately for both sides, it was a relatively clean game in terms of turnovers, the Eagles and the Commanders, neither team turned the ball over. There were some fumbles by the Eagles, but the Eagles were able to fall on them pretty quickly. So then we got into overtime, and overtime, the Commanders started with the football, and the Eagles had an opportunity to do something that they had only done once before in the game, which was force a three and out. During regulation, the Eagles only forced one three and out. It was midway through the second quarter, when the Eagles forced the Commanders back six yards. So the Eagles had a tall order against them, which was to get the Commanders to do another three and out. And fortunately, the Eagles rose to the task, and the Eagles were able to come away with the three and out that they needed. And that's what led to a 10-play, 
34-yard drive that led to a 54-yard Jake Elliott field goal. And by now we know that in most cases, while Elliott is certainly not automatic, Jake Elliott by far and away, again, perfect on the night, he nailed that 54-yard field goal. I have been probably the biggest Jake Elliott fan since the 61-yard field goal that he kicked five years ago against the New York Giants that wound up winning the game. Jake Elliott being a part of the Philadelphia Eagles makes a difference, and that's something that Coach Sirianni pointed out during the post-game press conferences. Man, Jake Elliott, like I said, I talked about Jalen being clutch. Jake Elliott looks so clutch. Like, this guy, like, I... I don't watch field goals. I don't care how short they are. I don't know why. I don't watch it. I look at Coach Clay. He points at me or he, or he gives me a one of these, like, if we miss. But uh, I was looking at him, and he gave me with that. And I don't know if I was really even that surprised. You know, Jake's just – he's clutch. Like, it's – both of – you know, Jalen and Jake just played clutch games today and really happy for them. Jalen Hurts pointed Jake Elliott out, too, in his own post-game press conference. Jake, he showed up big time. I, I hate sending him on the field, um, but it, you know he, he showed up and made a you know he made a game when the field goal for the team. I mean those moments like that, I don't think I've ever experienced a game where a guy has kicked a game winner and I've had to witness that in my career. So you know these are all new emotions um, on different levels, but you know winning is the main thing. So yeah, it's these moments, it's these opportunities that are why the Eagles are four now. But they have an understanding that they are going to do better, that they need to do better, that there is still a lot to work on. They know that at this point. And it's up to this team if they want to continue on a winning streak. I'm not saying that the 72 Dolphins is possible. It's still within the realm of possibility, but I'm not saying that this team is going to pull off a 72 Dolphins feat. What I am going to say is that if the Eagles are going to continue in their winning ways, they do need to do a lot better than they did this game. They'll have an opportunity to next week when they take on in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Rams. But at the end of the day, this game had all the makings of a trap game. And throughout the game, there were moments when we kind of thought, yeah, the Eagles could fall into the trap. But at the end of the day, they were able to come out with the win. And Eagles fans can celebrate because their football team is 4-0. Let me know what you think in the comments below. What are your thoughts about everything that happened over the course of the game? Anything I missed? Anything that you think is a particularly standout element to this Eagles victory? Let me know. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Bird's Nest Podcast. You can support the Bird's Nest podcast by liking and subscribing to Bird's Nest Media on YouTube, as well as sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. Please check out birdsnestmedia.com for the latest Eagles news. And if you feel so inclined to support us in a different way, you can check out our Patreon link in the description below, as well as at birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles! 